Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Man Is It Hard podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Couch, and I have a master's of social work. And joining me is our co-host, Benjamin Scammon, with a bachelor's in psychology. Today, we have an exciting discussion on emotional expression. And today is going to be an important, (laughs) it's going to be an important conversation because I think emotional expression is often seen as challenging for men, especially and it's something we've definitely touched on before in a past episode, but it's so crucial that it des- it honestly deserves its own spotlight. So Ben, do you think emotional expression is often considered challenging for men? And if so, why do you think that is? I really do. I, I think it is often considered extremely challenging for men, as well as I think it is just more challenging for men in general. And And while, yes, this is something we've touched on before, I really felt that it needed to be touched on again just because there are so many depths and layers to each of these little in-tune descriptions and tasks we're trying to make easier for men that I feel like oftentimes while it's good to approach on something broad, it's also good to get really specific and picky so that there's no questions people are are left wondering if that is something that, that can be done. So... One of the biggest reasons why I think emotional expression is so difficult for men is not only the state of society, but kind of like the compiling nature that comes with societal expectations and then family expectations, work expectations. You know, it can just build up and really crush a person down, especially Mm -hmm. if they're not what you fit into. You know, if that's your mold, you'll walk right through that door. It's fitted perfectly to you. It'll feel like you're you're walking through life like everything is set up for you. Mm-hmm. And so this is not really towards that person. If, if that's how you feel, no hate towards that, nor am I trying to break that down. What I would like to do is take that shape and expand, make a little bit more room for the people who don't fit in it, while also keeping everyone who does still there, which can be an extremely hard goal. You know, Emotional expression can often be tied back to EQ, where people like to tie intellect towards IQ, and that's a really hard thing to judge. EQ is just as, if not harder, to judge in a person, right? You can't test someone and see what their emotional level is always. It just doesn't always come back, and sometimes the way we'd respond might sound cold one day and extremely warm and friendly the next. So I think a lot more men are taught not only not to worry about their emotional quotient or their emotional intellect, but just that the more that they learn about it, the less manly that they are. The more that they know how to emotionally express and define themselves at times, the less stoic and the less lone wolfish. You know, they won't seem as standoffish. You're being nice to everyone and you're being friends with everyone. Well, now you're fitting into more of the golden retriever kind of type. You're not stoic and you're not hard and you're not cool anymore because you're just telling everyone everything. And so that can kind of almost fight back against some of those stoic standards for men. Is that, oh, well, you're telling me to be stoic, but you're also telling me to open up. Which one is it? Do I be cold and and raw and and just not tell people what's going on deep inside of me? or, Or do I open up and lose that kind of visage that you make for yourself, lose that idea, that concept that you're trying to push on to other people. It's kind of like an unveiling and it it can be of everything, right? 
all your experiences. That ties into vulnerability, which we've also touched on before. And I think it is very difficult for men, especially, and for a multitude of reasons, right? I think peer pressure definitely plays a part in how we self-identify and how we view ourselves and how we want to move through life. You know, there's a reason why there's that trope of, you know, jock versus the nerds versus the geeks versus, you know, and then you have that stoic, silent guy who just likes to weld shit. And it's so fascinating that even though we have all these different personality types, it's always the jocks who are like the way of being a man right or right what you should be looking yeah, up towards right exactly you should be able to and and not just the jock with the shit grades but you you better be able to not only keep up those grades for coach but be able to to shove a great performance out on the field too and if you're not doing that you're missing out yep yeah and you know if if you're not doing that then you get called a pussy or whatever uh you get called a homosexual or i mean there are a bunch of words i think that get thrown out in high school from other teenagers that can really have a major impact on how someone views themselves so well you know i I think it just goes back to that general what's wrong with you why aren't you doing what everyone else is doing and that's a really hard concept slash stereotype to break in almost all things is that just because someone is not following the norm doesn't mean that they're not trying to be a part of what you're doing and doesn't mean that they're not still a human being all the same. You know, just because someone does something a little different or say they don't like football and their sport isn't at the high school, you know, and so they ended up not playing a sport. There's nothing wrong with that guy. There's nothing wrong with not liking sports. You know, you should definitely be getting some sort of physical activity in your day, but it doesn't have to be sports. You know, it can just be little bits of exercise here and there. That's not anything, you know? I mean, even I think people forget, like, even acting can be an exercise in and of itself because of all the choreography and just the movement that you have to do. I mean, it's not like hard cardio or like super stressful on the body or super physical on the body. But some of depending on, you know, what play or musical or anything like that, it really depends. But some of it can really be difficult. To perform. I was talking to Mr. Couch and he had said one of the strongest guys he'd ever met was honestly a ballerina. Talk talk about breaking some male stereotypes (laughs) right there. Yeah. You know, and he was talking about just how jacked this guy's legs were. And, you know, you wouldn't think about it. But, yeah, the guy could jump like 10 feet across the stage. The idea that he would be huge is not appalling. But most people would say, oh, he's a ballerina. He does not fall into our stereotype. He doesn't fall into our expression. There's no way he's jacked. People, they don't think about it until they start going about it from a more maybe logical standpoint or just from breaking it down. They, you know, I think if being a ballerina is your hobby, they'll see that. And you're a male. They'll see that as you're gay or feminine or a multitude of things. Right. And it's. As we've discussed before, the hobby doesn't make the person. You can still have that hobby and be the manliest man in the world. And so I think that's something that people need to understand is that your hobbies, your interests don't make you any more or less of a man. It's how you view yourself and who you are. And I think you touched on confidence in one of our episodes. And I think 
having Absolutely. having self-confidence and being the gender that you are i think that does play a major po- part in in terms of how society views you and while yes you could also make the argument of if you're confident in your sexuality or your gender then what people say about you won't affect you but that's not necessarily true i think that has been disproven on many occasions that it doesn't matter how confident you are things that we say to one another or do to one another does have an impact on our mental health. Well, and that's why part of emotional expression is trying to find other men who are on this journey of self-improvement. You know, once again, I, I think a lot of what I try to do is at least try and make some of these things sound more masculine for men so that they go, oh, oh crap, this actually is, oh, this isn't some sort of weird hibbity-jibbity crap. This is just really like trying to make people feel better about themselves. And that's, there's really nothing gendered about that, about wanting to be self-accepting. And so one of those things that I wanted to ask you was, what are some healthy ways men can express themselves that you found, you know, that you have lived through life and maybe used? Is there a, a place that you like to go with your guys? Is Is there something that you do? Is there something that you don't do? Do you sit down with your guys? Do you just try and throw in these little pieces of conversations about your lives while you're playing games. What do you do to emotionally express yourself with some of your friends? So heck, maybe it's even this podcast. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the podcast definitely helps. I think also a lot of the time I don't have a lot of real life friends now, but when I did, I really expressed myself in a variety of ways, I think. And it, de- it never really, I was always able to be my authentic self, with I, which I think is very rare for someone. Sure. And I think part of that is just my ADHD, but I also think part of that is just who I am as an individual as well. But that's not to say that I didn't let things get to me or affect some of the decisions I made growing up throughout my life. There have been situations that I've been in where it did have an impact on how I viewed myself and my life and... You know, so I think for me, it's never been the quantity of friends. It's always been the quality. Absolutely. I, and, I mean, that should range and, true for all people. And I think that, people. you know, a very important piece. I've never been the type of person to have 10, 15, 20 friends. I've always had one, maybe two really good friends. And we would always spend a ton of time with one another and really invest a ton of time to get to know one another and to the point where really we we could just the moment we walk into a room we can tell if they're how they're feeling how the other person's feeling and we were able to also open up and have those deep conversations and also keep things lighthearted depending on what the situation was well i don't think you realize but that that answers my question i I think what you just said is the way that you guys made sure that that, that you express yourselves is that you guys were actually holding each other accountable, right? You guys would see someone walk in the room, and if they're good, you say, hey, man, are you doing good? And if you see someone who's doing bad, you make it known, and you, you tried to get them to help express themselves. So I think that really shows where working with others and where having others be there for you can be such an important step in expression, right? What's the point of expressing if you're expressing to a wall? Not to ruin the, the, the fact, but... I think that's exactly what you guys did for each other is you, you would look at one another and you'd go, hey, man, you got anything you need to talk about? And boom, you would create these opportunities for one another. And so that's something 
that I'm exactly asking. And that's what I would like to throw out there in case anyone couldn't pick up on that is create opportunities for one another where if the person doesn't feel like they can open up, isn't sure that they can open up, that you let them know, hey, I'm here. We're good. You, you need to talk about something. I'll, I'll listen for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, verbalize it. I think we mentioned earlier in one of our earlier episodes anyway that it's become quite the norm when we ask how someone else is doing it to just say we're doing good or we're doing all right and you know not go into detail or really express how we're actually feeling in the moment yeah because i think there are a lot of moments where we say we're good or we're all right or we're doing great when in reality there's a lot of stuff going on in our life that's stressing us the heck out and we would love to get it off our chest but we feel like we can't so well and that is where it's a two-way street, right? I mean, I have been the same person where I'm not sure people want to listen to me. And honestly, I've spoken up before and people did not want to hear what was going on. And so it, it really helps if both parties can just be straightforward and upfront because I was just straightforward and then it was like, nope, and I, no problem. And I just kept moving. Yeah, and I think it depends on the person too. It does. Like well, who, who, who you're choosing to be vulnerable with, which is why I like to go back to the quality of friendship. You can really tell if you have a quality friend. It's not well, and it's, that comfort and that speed comes with being practiced and well versed in it. Yeah, and, and you know, people think it's like this mystery, and it really isn't. It's really easy to tell who's there for you and who isn't, especially if you just take a moment to step back and kind of analyze things and just watch your surroundings for a bit. You, people will just fall out of your life, and sometimes they'll the right ones will fall right into your life. And when I think back to my friendships, you're right. I mean, we did, we held each other accountable. We were yeah. able to have these conversations and I got to be honest, I miss having those friendships. And so that's constantly going to be something in the back of my mind moving forward of something that I crave, I think, because the online friends that I've made are very beneficial and they've helped a lot. It leaves you wanting more, right? It doesn't have the same, it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah. As if, you know, having a conversation online versus having a conversation with someone in person just doesn't have the same feel to it for me. Well, you got to think about it like this. Even in this moment, sitting right here, I'm holding you accountable with eye contact and and with staying focused. You know, a person on a computer cannot keep you focused without no. doing it over and over and over again, like the little key jingly ADHD <laughs> child meme. Right? <laughs> All right. So now we're going to keep going. Right. And they keep doing that to get the person's attention. Right. Because when you're on a computer talking to someone, there's so many things that can distract and it's not a physical person there who can reach out and say, hey, look at me over here. Yep. You know, so it, it can really corner you with relationships when you're looking for someone to hold you accountable and. It's not even a physical person to say, hey, let's get up and go do this. Let's go do that. You know, you have to say, let's hold the phone up and let's go for a walk. And that's why having at least a couple physical in-person relationships is so important. Absolutely. And having a tribe or just, it doesn't even have to be a tribe like I just mentioned. It could literally just be one person that you can count on is just super important and it's sad that it's very hard to come by these days, but I promise you, if you actually make the effort, it might not be as hard as you might think. It is, and to stick with this emotional expression discussion, 
sometimes it's easier when we have conversations with ourselves to then come back to the world and, and we recognize that more people want us around all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to focus on our self-growth. We have to focus on having some really hard, difficult conversations with ourselves where we just sit there and, you know, you can be playing video games, having a discussion with yourself, talking about where do I want to be? Where do I end up? What kind of person do I want to be? Mm-hmm. What can I do to make sure that that happens? And then we we return to the world with a rejuvenated perspective or at least just having gone over it again, having that self-talk. And we come back to our people and all of a sudden they're a little happier to see us back. And we took a little time and it made them have to recognize, oh, I, I miss that person. And it can just be beneficial from so many different angles. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, even when you do have those conversations and you if you hit like a roadblock, that's where therapy can be really beneficial, I think, yeah. is when you do hit that roadblock and it's like you're trying to work through something, having someone to talk to in a safe space to give you a different perspective can really help. And it might also provide you with some sort of self-awareness and some skills that you can take into your life and through your life that might actually prove beneficial in the long run. Well, and when I really needed therapy, it even helped me defeat my own perspective was a perspective that I had not only put on myself really hard, but then, like I was just saying, I was then putting my thoughts and beliefs onto other people. I was being so cruel to myself, then cruel to others, and then there I was, fearful that others were being cruel to me in the back of their heads, in their heads. Everybody's talking shit about me. People, they must not like me. I I must be doing something wrong. So many little jabs at my own self-esteem that I hadn't even recognized that it had come from my own internalized anger and lack of kindness towards others. I had to have a severe talk with myself as well as growth and therapy to, to break a lot of those. And while that was years ago, I, they've had tremendous impacts on my life to this day, especially in my relationships. Absolutely. And, you know, for everyone who's listening, we really appreciate all the new listeners who are listening to our podcast and tuning in. Heck yeah. And we are going to be covering some body image issues for men during the next episode and i think that's going to be something that is really good and then in future episodes we're also going to be covering ageism and academic stress as well so those are our few our next three topics that we're talking about covering here on the podcast and so we're gonna close this one And we really do look at your comments and any feedback that you have. So please keep shooting us comments and providing us with feedback. We have our email, manisithard at gmail.com. You can reach us there or you can just provide comments on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. And we will see you guys in the next episode. See you guys in the next one. Bye, guys.